Well, um, we kind of all came from different walks of life, uh, different professions, different feelings about the paranormal. But, uh, you know, we all kind of converted. I think it kind of started with Doogie. Uh, I saw him at work one day. I was up visiting uh, the hospital. Doogie was an x-ray tech at the time, and he was just outside on his lunch break. And um, he had seen me on a previous paranormal show. It was called Ghost Hunters Academy. And he was like, man, I didn't know you were into this stuff. And uh, he's like, I've been doing this for years. And I'm like, oh, really? Well, we got to do it together. You know, we were just up and coming. And my biggest problem at the time is I'm not much of a people person. I'm a little more introverted. And I knew Doogie was, you know, more sociable, and he got out in the community. So he got us more cases, um, and we started hitting a few up, just the two of us. And then along came my brother and Porter about the same time. I remember Brandon's first investigation was his 21st birthday, and uh, we investigated the location of my very first paranormal uh, experience. And then Chasey Ray came in 2011. We were hosting an event. He came. He's an old buddy from high school. We've known him since we were all grasshoppers, knee-high to a grasshopper. And then Mike came up on the scene about three years ago. The guys met him in the gym, and, you know, he's been great. And um, I think about what, Duke, in like 2010, 2011, uh, we were contacted by our production company, Tremendous Entertainment. They said, hey, guys, what do you think about uh, doing a non-scripted reality show about what you do? And we were like, well, hell yeah, <laughs> we'd love to try that. <laughs> so, uh, you know, uh, they started airing it. We we first aired on another network. Um, then we uh, went on to go to Destination America, did really well. And then luckily, Travel Channel, I guess, dug what we were doing and said, hey, guys, we want to try something new. So here we are. Juvie, uh, uh, how did you get uh, started in paranormal investigating since you, since you both – have been doing it previously to the show, but what what started off before it became a, a thing in the entertainment industry? Oh, my story years ago, I've probably been in the paranormal for 20, 25 years, um, but it was back when uh, my grandmother started telling me some stuff that was going on in her house. Uh, we, li- we lived in a haunted area of Tennessee. Uh, we owned two Civil War forts, and uh, their house sat right at the bottom of one of those forts. And um, she would tell me things that went on after my granddad passed away. And I was thinking, like, man, why, why is she, you know, how is she seeing this or hearing this? And, uh, you know, it kind of disturbed me because she lived by herself at this point, you know, after my granddad passed away. And she was she was getting scared about it. And um, so that made me really dig deep in, into the, to, to the paranormal to try to figure out what she was experiencing, what she was feeling, uh, what she was interacting with. Uh, because I know, you know, sometimes living in the country, uh, you know, a little old lady living in a house, you know, you, you're going to get kind of scared at night, especially if these things are coming out of the ceiling and things are talking to you. So um, it's kind of made, made it my life's mission to, uh, I guess, try to figure out what was going on, what she was talking to, um, and what these, you know, what these entities are. Uh, she probably knows it now. You know, she's passed on. God rest her soul. Um, she's probably up there laughing at me now, saying, "Oh, if you only knew how simple it was." But <laughs> you know, it's uh, but it's it's definitely been my life's mission to try to you know, almost like avenge her in a sense to try to figure this stuff out. Um, 
and, and give other people answers so they don't sit there and, and they're scared and, you know, they don't understand the unknown. Uh, years ago, I did some paranormal investigating long, like in my early 20s, that, that whole stage where you're like, I don't have anything to lose. Let me spend some money on some equipment and do, do all this. But uh, ghost hunting and paranormal investigation has really changed over the past about maybe 15 years or so. Uh, how have you guys grown as, as investigators on your own? Have you, have you changed your tactics on how you approach things? Uh, have you, do you find different equipment works better than other equipment or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely, man. Like you said, it has changed. Now it's so streamlined. Everybody's doing it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we, we were just, we were doing it back when it was still weird and people kind of looked at you funny when you told them that now. It's like, oh yeah, I love that stuff anytime it comes up. But I think you grow, uh, as an investigator, you kind of know what to look for. Um, you know, we've learned over the years what to debunk and what we can't explain as far as the equipment. It's evolved to just crazy levels, you know. I think something, a trend that I hope we had a little part in is always trying something new. You know, if you can't find something, build it and, you know, see how it works because this stuff is so unknown and it's, you know, nothing factual. It's all theoretical. So you just got to get out there and try new things. Um, you know, and a lot of times we've kind of turned back to the old school methods here, here as of late. You know, the technology's cool and it gets responses a lot, but Sometimes if we'll just go in to a location and, you know, we'll just have a digital recorder in our hand just so we could share it. But just get in there, fill out the room, and have a conversation, and sometimes they'll just chime in. It's kind of like uh, reverse psychology. You kind of leave them alone, kind of hang back in the corner, and, mm -hmm. you know, we feel like that makes them feel more like part of the conversation or want to be more part of the conversation than if you go in there and you're like, hey, what's your name? Why are you here? Do you know you're dead? That kind of thing. I mean, I wouldn't want to talk to somebody. So we've also kind of learned uh, different techniques as far as our approach um, over the years. So, yeah, it's crazy to see where this, this stuff has evolved and changed. Uh, the, the upcoming series, uh, one of the points I saw in the uh, in the release was uh, the locations are not going to be pre, uh, pre-release. Uh, people aren't going to know which locations you're going to go to. Is is that mainly due to just people finding out and then kind of making havoc there before you get there, or is there another reason for that? Uh, I think that's a, I think that's a lot of reasons. Um, I mean, if you're doing a live show, you definitely don't need you know 300 people showing up to to shoot you you know to watch you shoot a live show. Um, it cuts down on the contamination and that kind of thing. And plus, it's, I think it's just really cool that you know it, it leads up to the show that no one knows exactly where we're going to be. We're just going to pop up at a location and they're going to be like, Oh, that's a location I've always wanted to be at, you know? So it kind of, it kind of gives that factor of surprise, the, the surprise element of, Oh, those guys are at this place or that place. Um, but like I said, the other factor is too, you don't want, you know, a whole crowd of people trying to show up while you're trying to, uh, you know, investigate the paranormal and, and try to <laughs> get, a, get a production, you know, out there in live TV. <laughs> I think uh, I agree with you there. It, it kind of causes a fuss. There, there used to be a cemetery here called uh, Shiloh. It still exists, but it, it was from the very early settlers of Florida, this part of central Florida. And once people found out about it, people just started going there in droves. It pretty much ruined the headstones beyond how 
poorly, they were already yeah. preserved. So I, I can understand since oh. some people just don't understand that even though it is entertainment, you still have to preserve uh, these parts of history, regardless if there's something current or there or not. It's still a part of our background. Yeah. We can't just go and trample through graveyards on some on some chase and then ruin what's there for anyone else that wants to enjoy it. I mean, yeah, you get that a lot. And, you know, part of our motto is, you know, respect, detect, and collect. You know, always respect the the location and whatever entities may be inhabiting the location. And, uh, yeah, man, we hate to hear it when things like that happen. Unfortunately, sometimes they do, but we try Mm -hmm. to – we try to make sure people know that that's, that's not cool and that's not the way to go about it. Uh, Chris, I'll let you answer this one first, and I'll, I'll let Doogie go uh, go after you. Um, what is what is the most unnerving location that you've ever investigated? Unnerving? Um, uh, you know, it was an, an investigation. It was a private home that we investigated a couple years back, and... I'm not a field kind of guy. That's Doogie's department. You know, I've seen a lot of things. I've I've been to places where I've been touched. I've been to places where I've seen full-bodied apparitions. I've heard voices in my ear. But the most unnerving place I've been to was a private location. In that home, we all decided, hey, we're all going to take turns doing solos. Well, we'll just go in completely by ourselves to see if we can get some reaction that way. And just the history of this home is just crazy. I mean, so much tragedy, so much bloodshed, and the feeling that you get, plus it's over 200 years old, the mm-hmm. feeling you get, or the feeling I got just when I walked in that place, it was just not good. I mean, it made me, made the hair on the back of my neck stand up. I didn't see anything. I didn't hear anything, but I just had this overwhelming feeling of dread and just get out. I lasted maybe five minutes. And, uh, you know, I had to come out of there, and I was like, guys, I can't do it. And that's the only time out of, you know, over 10 years of doing this in some of the most haunted locations across the country that I've ever been, you know. And that's, that's the only time that's happened to me. Uh, Doogie, what's yours? Um, well, I have a, I have a pretty long list, but I'd say probably that one of the – it was like check yourself at the door moments um, mm-hmm. is when I spent like almost two hours in the death chute um, at Waverly Hills. I was down there by myself, had two cameras set up, one at the bottom, one at the top. Um, I started hearing coughing in there, and I knew there was nobody around me for, I mean, Waverly Hills is a huge place, and everybody else was on the other side of Waverly Hills, and I'm down in the death chute by myself. And uh my cameras start going on and off at different times, and then my hour lights start cutting off. I see this apparition coming up towards me, and then it would cut the camera off, and I would, you know, and I'm telling you that that took that took everything in me uh, to stay down there. Uh, you know, that two hours felt like a lifetime <laughs> because you know I kept thinking I was like, well, I, I don't know where I'm going to go if if whatever I'm seeing is coming towards me actually gets up here to me, uh, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. So that was very unnerving. Um, but I proved to myself that I could stay in there and handle it. But uh, I guess until Satan walks out of the wall somewhere, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'll stand my ground then. 
Uh, as far as the format for the show goes, what can people expect when they watch? Is there going to be a breakdown of uh, where you're going and then the actual investigation, or how is how is each episode going to be set up? Um, I mean, we're still working on that. Uh, mm-hmm. I know the production team's still working on that with the, in collaboration with the network. But as far as I know, yeah, it's going to be similar to that. We'll definitely start. I mean, it's going to be top secret. Nobody's going to know what the location is until it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I believe there will be someone there, like a host, and he's going to try to tell people, you know, hey, this is where we're at. This is what the guys are going to try to accomplish tonight. Um, there will be some packages involved, and then we'll just go into investigating, and the the audience will be able to interact with us, and they'll be able to go. Uh, the cool thing about this show is you're going to be watching it on your couch on the Travel Channel, and then everybody's got a cell phone these days or a pad or you know, a laptop, they can just jump on their device and look and, and watch and help us investigate. And if they see something, they can say, hey, guys, you know, I just saw this in the top left bedroom. You know, you guys need to check that out. And then somebody will communicate that to us, and we'll go check it out. Awesome. Uh, my final question is uh, for the the new the newcomers to paranormal investigation or ghost hunting or Whatever, whatever sub subgenre of uh, the paranormal investigation they're going into, what would be your advice to those people that are just starting out doing this? Well, my advice to them would be um, definitely first off, uh, respect. Have respect for you know your locations. Have respect for your other teams. You know because everybody's like, oh, you're doing this wrong. You're doing this. Well, there's no experts in this field, so you know. Who's to say somebody's doing it wrong? Now, if they're burning down somebody's house, yeah, they're doing it wrong. There's something, you know, they got a screw loose. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, just definitely, uh, definitely respect everything, respect the spirits, respect the locations, respect other things. And, uh, you know, just try to do a good job for people. You know, go in and do what you're telling them you're going to do and, uh, try to keep in contact with them. You know, I mean, because a lot of our clients, we're still like best friends with them today. I mean, it's it's like a family. So uh, you know, it's not about the the the, the Hollywood aspect of oh, we're a big bad investigation thing. No, it, it has nothing to do with that. People's lost focus. I, I do believe that they just want to be out here on this pedestal and be famous for ghost hunting. When you know, we didn't just start out being famous. We put in the work. We've done all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it never was about fame or, or being on TV. It was about trying to uh, help people understand the paranormal, not really get rid of their spirits, but just help them understand the paranormal a little more. Yeah, and absolutely. And I would say keep an open mind, you know. Nobody yeah. knows what we're talking to out here. These are all – we're still trying to figure that out today, you know, <laughs> 10, 20 years later. So um, just keep an open mind. Don't – you know, close yourself off to anything uh, until until you find your own belief system and you you kind of fall into your groove. And the first piece of equipment that I think both of us ever bought was an EVP recorder at Walmart for like sixty bucks. So it doesn't take a huge amount of money to get started. You know, if you really want to just go out here and you have a, a you know a healthy curiosity for it. 